Hello there, this is Benjamin Haynes with another episode of Chronicles of a First-Time Dungeon Master. It's been a while. How are you guys doing? It's been about four months uh, since last um, October. Uh, I apologize for this. It has been way too long, but um, the holidays came and went. Um, I hope you all had a grand um, holidays that you all uh, enjoyed. I hope all your families are safe, and um, yeah, I hope if you did game, you enjoyed your times. So, um, I want to take this moment to uh, give my thanks to this program, uh, Anchor, for allowing me the uh, ability to share these podcasts. I know they are not much, but uh, it's just a little bit of fun. So maybe if I can be a help to uh, anyone looking to get into pot or um, Dungeon Master or wanting to even play the games, um, then hey, I'm doing my job. So um, I know it's been a long time, but uh, the last... We left our heroes. Um, They had encountered a pretty uh, gnarly situation um, in town. And um, so let's uh, jump right into it. So I took notes. Um, I swear the future episodes are going to be better because they will be more recent. Um, We're hoping to play tomorrow. Um, but fingers crossed, but, uh, bear with me here and, uh, we will cover, um, and get you up to uh, speed for tomorrow, hopefully. So, um, in the last, uh, game session, um, fairies were called, um, to tell the couple, uh, that they were to stand trial for the killing of a witch in the community. Um, So they had to go back to the witch's shack where the murder took place. Um, The heroes decided to rent a carriage uh, to travel the distance as it wasn't just going to be a quick uh, little run. It was going to take a little bit of distance. So... um, They get out of town uh, in the carriage, and um, they get pretty deep into the woods, and it's at night. They find themselves uh, encountering bright floating lights in the woods, and um, turns out to actually, upon closer inspection, but not too close, um, these are flying skulls uh, with a orange flame illuminating uh, these objects. Um, Given the choice to investigate further or book it, they wisely decided to book it. Um, These were will-o'-the-wisps, and uh, they're not fun things to deal with, especially as these guys were... uh, Oh, first level. So, um, they told the carriage driver to 
do a double time situation, speed it up, and uh, yeah, away they went. Um, they saw in the background that pesky dark rider um, off in the distance. They could almost feel him staring um, at the heroes, but didn't make any noise. Uh, didn't chase after them at all. They just saw him in the background, almost observing the situation. So the heroes arrive at the trial, and uh, there are three witches um, and a dark hooded figure that steps um, out of the woods. They can feel just like a an energy that uh, appears out of nowhere. And this dark-headed, hooded figure approaches, um, remaining in the background. Uh, so, with that, the trial begins for the murder of the witch. And the man explains his case. Turns out, Witch Hazel, I thought you guys might enjoy uh, that, uh, that name, being that you could probably find Witch Hazel um, in your local store. Um, so the man explains that Witch Hazel um, had always been there for the family. And I don't know if I explained this, but witches are not uh, always bad um, people full of evil intent. They are actually healers um, within the community. They are kind of on the outskirts, so they're not your typical healers. Um, they have a way about them, but they are typically fairly trustworthy people that are um, intent on providing a good service for people that come to them. They often attach generational um bonds and relationships with the families they take care of. Um, so that's why it was so bizarre to see this witch um, acting under evil pretenses. Um, but uh, what he did was, you know, regardless of what her intentions were and what she had become, he still committed an evil deed. Um, well, I mean, one could say evil or not. He still committed a crime. There we go. Uh, so the fact that he still committed a crime and he is in the witch's court, um, the nature court, um, no crime goes unpunished. So the witches gave... Um, the option upon hearing the uh, explanation they gave the option to either choose death or they could go under a situation in which they were um, practicing a bit of servitude 
to the witches. They would learn the ways. They would uh, basically become under a tutor situation of uh, learning what the witches go through uh, in terms of how they can protect and offer their uh, healing services. So the downside to this, because I mean, how cool would that be to actually learn magic and the ways to heal and help people, right? Um, The problem is, for 10 years to the date, they would have to go into, um, under the care of the witches and the, like the witching community, but they could have no outside, um, contact. They would basically be banished in a sense to the care of this community. So this would pay off the debt of the crime within 10 years time. So seeing as the group was there um, and became a part of the situation, they weren't there to witness the crime, but they had formed a connection with this uh, family. They were essentially given the role of jury and judge. Um, So they were given the option to choose life under learning and, but, you know, banishment in a sense, or death. Well, seeing that the, uh, the group, your heroes, are not bloodthirsty uh, murder hobos, they chose life for the family. The family obviously acted a little, you know, given the circumstances, they could know they're going to be gone for 10 years. Um, but they are relieved that, well, I would say being gone for 10 years is better than immediate death. So uh, the wife asked the group of heroes for a favor seeing as she would not be able to have uh, contact to the city and the village and all that. um, She asked them to deliver a letter to her brother that was in a village within the region. Um, She hadn't heard from this brother in ages, which is very odd considering uh, she said that they kept in close contact, uh, at least through letter, um, and hadn't heard from him in ages. So she asked if they could deliver uh, a letter to the brother uh, for them. The group accepted. And she further said that her brother would have a green amulet around his neck. It was a uh, family heirloom. So, 
that uh they chose to accept that and uh that <laughs> that's my cat maxi um they chose to accept the quest and um uh, seeing as it was closing time in the evening um i forget it was probably like probably 9 9:30 that evening of uh, real time um we decided to call it a night so the group decided to take camp and uh seeing as it was getting colder in real life and with snow and all that i'm trying to incorporate that into the game so um seeing as we just experienced a large uh winter cell last week um I'm going to incorporate snow and winter weather as well. Um, so they all have winter gear. Um, Gaius is going to be, um, being that he is in traditional Roman um, military garb, uh, it doesn't really provide great covering for a colder weather. So we're going to have to see how that plays into it. Um, so that concluded that session. Uh, let's see. So the next session, um, we have been trying to get people together for a little bit. And for whatever reason, each and every one of us it seemed like had a, uh, an issue come up. So, there was an evening where uh, Zoran uh, and Mike uh, were able to play. And I can't remember, I think Adam was able to play, forgive me for that. But, um, so I wanted to kind of just still get in some gaming time. So, but I didn't want to have the full session. Um, yeah, I think it was just Zoran and Mike. So being that that occurred, um, I still wanted to have something that we could play, but not get too further into the story because, uh, there's a pretty important session coming up and I needed full strength for everyone uh, to attend. Um, so... Zoran's character, Gaius, being that he is a Roman, has no idea how he got into this world. So I was trying to think of a, uh, an interesting way to kind of shed some light on that. So I figured that was a perfect opportunity. So for all you uh, aspiring dungeon masters, whenever something like this occurs, sometimes you, know, you got to think on your feet and, uh, well you can kind of just roll with the punches and introduce a session that still has something to do. It's not a completely random session, but think of this is where, uh, backstories, um, can play a huge role. Um, instead of just numbers on a sheet, you can actually use something to, uh, let the characters enjoy something that can further enrich their playing without having to have a full set. 
So anyway, uh, we kind of carry off uh, from the campsite after the uh, last session. And um, Mike's character goes into the woods to um, go hunting to try and bring some food to the table. Um, so Gaius is sitting there and he hears a voice randomly telling him to come. It's not a threatening voice, uh, but it's urgent. So he immediately, um, I have him roll a uh, die to see if he recognizes the voice. Well, he succeeds. It's actually his old commander's voice, which is tripping him out because he's like, why am I hearing this voice? So they... Um, Actually, you know what? I think maybe Adam maybe did join with this because I think he went with um, Zoram. So they go in the direction of, yes, he did join. My fault, Adam. Um, 